Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about overscheduling. In our modern world, there are a lot of things vying for our attention. If you have children, there's things pulling them in many different directions. And if you are single in a relationship, there are things on your partner's schedule, on your own schedule. There are things you want to add to your schedule. And how many times throughout the day have you just wished for more hours, if only to be able to sleep and catch up? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this isn't just a, this happens to you. This can also be self-brought about. <laughs> yeah, you happen to you too. Yeah. So, and it's one of those things I think we think about overscheduling in a couple different ways of, oh, I just can't not go to all these different things. Little Jimmy has this, little Susie has that. I got to do this, has best to do that, wife has to do this. But then there's those people who they are, I don't want to say overachievers, but that's probably not the nice way of putting it. But overperformers, overperformers, over academia, you know, things like that, where they're looking at it and saying like, I need to fill my time with something in each of these categories and not have free time. And sometimes overscheduling can be seen as a good thing to stop us from doing negative habits. But I think today we're going to talk about how, like, no matter what the purpose is, it's not going to be beneficial. So I guess why you mentioned like nowadays, this is a big topic. Where are we seeing it in maybe our own lives and our clients' lives where it's becoming an issue? Yeah, I think we mentioned in a previous podcast that uh, we're uh, historians are either no or very sure. I'm, I'm not clear that we work more now than during the feudal era, what peasants worked. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that was in our burnout. Uh, during the Inca I, Empire. I'm still struggling with with that during the inca empire uh they didn't work for three months at a time they didn't have a tax system so they would spend uh three months with crops uh Mm -hmm. three months working on infrastructure and then three months in the temples or palaces something like that that and then they would have beads or knots uh, on their necklaces to show that they contributed to society and then they have three month breaks yeah in the well in the polynesian culture one of the big things that i learned when i was living in the Hawaii area was that before the Christian ministries came out, they had these long, kind of like you would hear in Latino cultures, Latin American cultures of the, you know, the afternoon time, the downtime, the siesta time, right? Yeah. And they had that. And honestly, it was trying to conserve their energy to make sure that they had enough energy to do what they needed when they needed. I mean, it doesn't make sense to work at the hottest point of the day kind of thing. And then the Christian ministry, you know, people came and were like, this is being lazy. You need to now fill this time with work. And so me being overscheduled is Jesus's fault. Is this what I'm taking away from this? We're going to, we're going to go into some, you, you're on a roll with going into some weird areas this week, man. Uh, no, but I mean, it, I think it is to be fair. I do think it is a very Christian trait we have. The whole idle hands are the devil's work, yeah. right? That is a huge Christian ideal. 
right? Yeah, Western Christian Very culture. Very Western culture. But yeah, it is often attributed to those moral dilemmas with that. Go ahead. I think it also I think it also pulls from this idea of perfectionism, comparing in social media, like this idea that it where else where life... else do we see that though, Jen? Well, I'm not disagreeing with it. <laughs> yeah, you're showing <laughs> it up in that idea of being idle, but this just disbelief that we have to look and be a certain way. And it takes a lot of energy and effort to pull off a Pinterest party. I don't even know if Pinterest is cool anymore, but that's what I call them as Pinterest parties, or you know, and this idea oh, it's that it's so cool. You're good. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Um but take a deep breath. It's interesting to look at that and say, like, are we doing this because we love and enjoy this way of living or do are we doing it because we're comparing and we feel like we should? Because that goes back to obligation, which is my favorite way to point out you're in fear, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in obligation and resentment, which you might be filling with overscheduling, you're in fear. In fact, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you should check on is if you're like every time if you're starting to cringe every time something new comes up on your calendar, or if you're feeling like I just don't have enough time to like breathe, talk to my partner and hug my kids because I'm too busy doing other things, you might be over scheduling. Mm -hmm. I think, I think too, my reason for bringing up like the history of it too, is not just like today's thing. I think we talk about intergenerational trauma we talk about it's something that's in our DNA. It's literally in our DNA. It's talked about like we continue to have it. I think this need to be achieving, I think it's part of it. I think it's one of those, you know, things that we all, you just are sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, what am I forgetting? Right. Instead of just being able to enjoy it. And I think it is something that, yes, like I think social media has definitely lended a hand to emphasize it and grow it. And also like, this whole mentality of what, what are the Joneses doing kind of thing? Let's, you know, beat them at that. I think though, like from the very beginning of time where we didn't have maybe those superlatives of different things to do with it, we have found ways to, to put this overachieving, overexerting, um, stress on ourselves to need to show essentially like you know, even with Taylor's example of Incans, right? They had the knots on their necklace to show, see, I, I am contributing to society. It's like, could you imagine someone who had like one that had like a necklace that had a bunch of knots on it? And they're just like, oh, look at them. They're achieving, right? And it's one of those things where we want to have just the proof of look how essentially back to the idea of mental health, positive thoughts about self and the negative cognitions, look how worthy I am. For myself. Yeah, and Incas right? didn't approach it that way. Yeah. And so we've somehow taken that and kind of, I don't know. We wear burnout as a badge. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, burnout, really, you need to read the book if you want to learn more about it, because it talks a lot about that. I do like that book. The other thing I think we're recognizing is that we've created a culture around this idea of it's okay to push yourself too hard, meaning that you, yeah, you're absolutely going to get sick and need time off work because you're sick, because you're not taking time to be healthy. Um, And so a lot of people, like even the idea of PTO days, they're actually using them just to survive their life versus enjoy their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people really think that that's normal. 
um, the idea of hard work is not bad. Like, I don't want to come across and say like, you should just sit around and do nothing all day because that's not good for you either. But there are some signs that you're overscheduling. Like, I don't have time to connect with the people I love and care about. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. If you don't connect with the people you don't like, that's fine. But if you can't connect with the people you do like, you're probably overscheduled. Yeah. And uh, some people have to be overscheduled just to make ends meet, unfortunately. Um, this isn't geared towards the people that have to work three jobs in order to survive. Uh, we're talking about the people that have... Um, Nine to five, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, the people that are able to afford to stay home, uh, to be with their kids, and are running to uh, extracurricular activities Monday through Saturday or three times a week, and just feel stretched too thin. Yeah, I was at um, an activity the other day. A women's uh, it was a women's group, and I was talking to a lady, and she was talking about how being a working mom often she felt socially like she couldn't connect because all the connections were going on while she was at work. That's not who I'm talking about. She doesn't have time to see friends because she's trying to survive, not because she's overscheduled. Yeah. Uh, up until four years ago now, I worked two and oftentimes three jobs. And so uh, I got to see, help put my kids to bed two or three times a week. <laughs> and so we're, we're not talking to you fine people. We're talking to the other fine people that are uh, could benefit from saying no. Mm -hmm. um, I've never met someone that comes to therapy or reports in therapy that they are keeping up with the Joneses. What people will report instead is that my kids never had to go without. Um, they are going into debt, uh, either with money or with time, because they are worried that their kids won't have the things that the neighbors have. And that, my friends, is what keeping up with the Joneses is about. Yeah. And so how do we how do we distinguish what do we need to keep in our schedule and what do we let go or reevaluate? Where do we go with that? Instead of being like, you're doing it wrong. I think luck. one of the things goes back to, <laughs> we did some episodes on boundaries. And so I'm going to pull some stuff from there mm -hmm. and say, the first thing you need to do is figure out what's important in your life. If you tell me that your kids are the most important thing in your life, I want you to go a step deeper. Is it that your kids are cool and successful, or is it that you connect with your kids and they can express their emotions? Cause those are two different things, right? So you need to get really clear on What's the most important thing? And are the things I'm choosing to fill my time with meeting those values? Because that's a very um, common thing for us to say, hey, my kids are super important. And so I've got them in four different extracurriculars. They can't sleep. They're struggling at school. But gosh, I get a post about them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's really common for me, uh, for us to work with parents that don't know the difference between needs and wants. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about intergenerational trauma, that they're saying, I didn't get to do this as a kid, so my kid will do it versus what what's really the best thing, because there's a lot of things that didn't happen as a kid. And it's OK if they don't happen again. But 
if you didn't feel known or seen, which is a bigger concern, and that actually causes trauma, and that's very different than whether you got ballet lessons, then I would say putting the value of I want my kids to be known and seen, and I want them to explore creativity, then then start to make decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that you've got to do is say no. Practice. Practice saying no to something. Um, and those values are a good way, but give yourself permission that every time I say no to an extra, whatever, I'm saying yes to time with my family. I'm saying yes to conversations over a dinner table. I'm saying yes to, um, being healthy enough and getting enough sleep to be fully present the next day. So the, the idea that when we say no, we're always missing out often, no, I will say almost always no is a, is the other side of a yes to something. Uh, No is a complete sentence. Uh, I know lots of people have said that, so I don't know who to attribute that quote to, but um, I love that quote. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. I think noticing if you are having a hard time saying no, that can also be a sign that maybe there's work to do. Expectations and how other people see us should not be driving our life. And so if I say, hey, I can't come to this thing, people who really love and care about me are not going to be like, oh, you're whatever. I don't, I don't even know what people call each other anymore because I'm still working on how, whether Pinterest parties are real. Um, but <laughs> I think it's important to recognize that people respect no. In fact, if you're, if you aren't saying no in a relationship there, you might want to evaluate why, why am I not given the chance to say no? I say no. Um, in all the healthy relationships, sometimes it's like, Hey, do you want to go? Um, do you want to go do this? go to this concert. No, that's not, doesn't work for me. Sometimes it's, do you want to sit at home and do nothing? No, I want to go to a farmer's market. That's one of the things I like to go do. So give yourself permission to, to notice if you are saying no and what's the thing you're, you've said no to recently. And how do you feel about that? I think I heard someone who said, if no is not an option in like your, if no is not an option, then your yes doesn't really mean much, right? It's the idea of like, if no is not an option in your relationship, then your yes doesn't really actually like mean you're really choosing to be with them. Yeah, I, we were talking about that in co-therapy when we were working with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that because I think in, just in working with a lot of situations with codependents, they will often find that they never say no because they're busy managing someone else's emotions. We talked a little bit about that, but saying no is, is really important. And so, and I love, I love the reminder, Taylor, I don't know who said it either, that no is a complete sentence. You don't have to give a reason why. And if someone asks you why you, you don't have to, you don't have to You're welcome to, but it's not needed to hold a boundary. Mm -hmm. Same. Same. I think I'll, I'll just end with this. I want you to notice what you're giving yourself permission to do when it comes to overscheduling. Are you giving yourself permission to be a human being or are you giving yourself 
requirements to be a human being. And so when you notice that, give yourself a chance to say, what would being the best version of myself that's fully connected, that actually sleeps enough, that feels love and joy in my life feel like? And when you give yourself permission to do that, you're going to find that there are a lot more no's and a lot more joys. Yeah, going way back to our second episode, that are you able, if you say no, to create a life for yourself that you don't need to escape from? Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.